Another great saying I love is, I don't make the same mistake once or twice. I make it three or four times just to be sure. So, you know, like take that learning seriously. We all have regrets and they're a very important platform on which to learn the most important things about your life. Um, so, you know, if you're dying to get out to the California coast, like do it because it'll be worth it. <laughs> and also, you know, don't take things for granted. Hello, and welcome to the Three Uniques podcast. I'm your host, Brenda Rigby. I'm a business and leadership coach and entrepreneur. I'm a single mom of two teenagers and a purpose-led believer. My mission is to maximize the human potential by helping you unlock what's unique in all of us and design a big life that leaves you whole, grounded, and complete. Welcome to Three Uniques. Hey friends, it's Brenda back with another episode of Three Uniques. Today I have on Lara Bulo. Hi Lara, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. So Lara, you're in Colorado. What part of Colorado are you in? I am in Denver, Colorado in the basement to buffer the noise from the children. <laughs> yeah, we were, just talking, we were just talking about it. It's like wherever you can take a Zoom call, you got to just do it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're having a very oddly rainy week as well. So oh, so are we in Vancouver. It's just like, it's almost like winter. It feels like fall here instead of May. I can't believe it. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> so Laura, um, just so our listeners know, and we were talking about this, which I think is a really cool job title and, and, get, and work that you get to do. You're a, a regret coach. So talk to us a little bit about that. What's that all about? Yeah, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. Um, I'm very excited based on how creative your um, like platform is and your structure with the three uniques. And thank you also for being like my inaugural introduction as a regret coach. <laughs> um, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> yeah. So something you and I have in common is Brene Brown, mm -hmm. an interest or a love um, and integrating her work into ours. And ever since her interview with Dan Pink, author of The Power of Regret, I have just, it was like a light bulb going on. I was like, I'm a regret coach. Everything that I do stems back to this idea of like, don't let life pass you by with this regret hanging over you. There are important decisions to be made based on these important triggers in our lives around regret. Um, so I do typically work with folks in career transition. Right. However, I think that career transition is like how people give themselves permission to invest in a coach, oftentimes, not always. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, and then we kind of tease out like what are the life and regret pieces from that to, to create the path forward with the career transition. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier um, before we pressed record that as a career transition coach, you're like, you're on, almost dipping into the whole span of like life. It's not just career transition because sometimes when we're making those choices about career, it in fact involves like other aspects of our life, our health, our relationships with family, friends, colleagues, our like network community, like all of those things. Right. So it's not just like, I'm going to go get another job. It's like, right. I have to think about how this decision is going to impact all areas of my life. Is that something that you also work on with your clients and like just understanding the impact of their decisions? Yes. So I am a certified professional coach through IPEC for all those coachy people out there. And then I'm also a certified designing your life coach through Stanford University. Uh, they're 
They've written a number of books. They also focus on career transition, but it definitely applies to like general life transitions. Mm -hmm. Big fan of their work, love being part of that community. And so what I found and what I like to be really clear about with my clients and what sets me a little bit apart from other career transition coaches is that I am not a corporate large organization person. I have been through many career transitions myself, typically in smaller organizations, working with solopreneurs, you know, who have like, I was worked for a tax accountant once, you know, I've just really done a lot of different things in my life. And people have taken notice of that and come to me to ask me like, whoa, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. I also have a background as an artist and very much weave my creative side into everything that I do, which if you're watching this on video may not surprise you with pink hair and a bright yellow jacket. At the beginning, yeah. the beginning of the pandemic. So like back in like, I guess, well, maybe this time last uh, two years ago, I did like a big pink stripe during the front part of the, so again, listeners can't see it, but I've got like sort mm -hmm. of a, a long blonde bob and this first like section here was bright pink. Unfortunately, it didn't last. It only lasted for maybe like six or seven weeks and then it just kind of washed out. It was disappointing that way, but I love, yeah, I love the idea of pink hair. Yeah. I always love finding like my fellow pink haired friends. Um, and yeah, I mean, it does require a lot of maintenance, so I won't keep it forever because I tend to be a bit more of like a low maintenance hair person. Right. Uh, but for the time being, I was like, this is really getting me excited about life. So I incorporate all of that into my career transition work. And I also like to be really clear with clients that I'm not your cover letter resume person. Mm -hmm. I am your leveraging your network and making long lasting, meaningful change. Love that. And when you're not coaching people or working on even your own career transitions and like, you know, applying your coaching to your own life, where can we find you? Like, what are some of the things you're doing? You live in Denver. What's kind of like general life? Yeah. So currently I have a two and a, uh, almost three-year-old and almost one and a half year old. So typically I'm at home, but I do like to have people over. <laughs> You'll find me here. Um, I also recently invested in an art studio room in Globeville, uh, but you can find me online at larabulow.com, L-A-R-A-B-U-E-L-O-W. And that's also my website, larabulow.com. Okay. Um, we'll make sure that's in the show notes for everybody. Um, so are yeah. you like a big hiker cause, and like outdoorsy person? I always think of people that live in Denver as being like outdoorsy. That's what people think of me too in Vancouver, but I do spend a lot of time at home too. <laughs> yeah. I love spending time outside. I used to be like backcountry skier, hiker, mountain biker person, um, less so with a three-year-old and a one and a half-year-old. Um, previous, you know, three years ago, I was still taking the dog out to like the Flatirons and Boulder pretty regularly. I will say, and I'm going to, it's going to be very divisive <laughs> here that, um, you know, I'm from California. I grew up in the Bay Area and, you know, everybody thinks of Denver as like, oh, the mile high city in the, you know, in the mountains. And I'm like, Denver is flat, people. Denver yeah. is flat. It is great. I wish they had more biking. I mean, a lot of people bike here, but I wish it was like a little biker friendlier culture wise, because you are, you know, you're a drive from the mountains. So yeah. I, and my husband is a resident, a medical resident. So moving here for residency and that sort of thing has really kind of left me with a slim pickings friend group, especially with small children. Um, so that can be a bit challenging. I definitely like want to reclaim that part of myself as soon as the kids can 
join me. <laughs> well, there's a few people that I have in my connection, in my network that may be listening to this podcast that live in the Denver area. So who knows? Maybe there'll be a connection. Yeah. Oh, that um, would be great. <laughs> so, Laura, how, oh, well, well, here, let's go into your three uniques a little bit, because I asked you to come on board today to share your three uniques with us, because I think that it's, you know, just hearing some of the shifts or experiences in your life that you've, like, allowed us to take a glimpse in today, I'm sure your three uniques are going to show up in those different areas, so I'm curious. Um, let's hear them. Okay, so... The ones that I settled on are, and I will list them out, authenticity. There was a vision slash purpose in the second exercise. And then for my final one, I chose creativity. Nice. Yeah. Which we've already heard. So I want to like dive into that. So the first one you said is authenticity. Yes. There was a runner up openness. <laughs> All right. So tell us that. How has that like shown up for you in your life? Like what are some examples that our listeners can like learn from you about being authentic. So it's reminding me of a quote. I'm a big quote nerd. Um, if anyone has quotes to share, I'm always, I love like different quotes. So what I'm thinking of when I think about authenticity is it takes all kinds, you know, in the coaching relationship, I'm sure you experience this all the time too, is that I feel like people are constantly judging themselves and having this reminder of like, listen, whatever the heart wants, what it wants, right? <laughs> Like whatever feels true for you, that's the most important thing because it really does take all kinds to make the world go around, right? In our human <laughs> society. So, so authenticity to me is really about like, you do you. Like we need more people who are just being true to themselves and are walking with integrity. Yeah. And I completely agree. I think I find when I'm coaching a lot of the people that I work with, it's, you know, they're looking and I've been in that situation myself. Maybe you have too, like for permission to do that because we are conditioned even at a really young age, whether it's through schooling, like, you know, pick your career and, and, and even maybe in that conditioning from those adults, when we were younger would have been like, pick your career you look at, and, and make it count. Cause you're going to be in it forever <laughs> versus, <laughs> you know, I think you and I are sort of in the same sort of like kind of cut from the same cloth in the sense of like, Hey, this is interesting. I'm going to go look at that. Hey, I'm going to go over here. Um, like I know a lot of people sort of from my generation or sort of like my sort of career track where they would have said, you know what, I'm going to pick mining or this industry and I'm going to stick with it. And they've become like this knowledge person in that industry, which is amazing. I've worked for probably six or seven different industries. And because mm -hmm. I work with people. And for me, it doesn't really matter if you're in healthcare or tech or retail, it's like you're dealing with people every single day. And so I can sort of feel that like, that's, you know, see that common thread. But going back to your piece about authenticity, I think people are waiting in some cases for permission to be authentic. Otherwise, it's really easy to kind of blend in with everybody else, right? And not sort of stand in that uniqueness. What have, what have you done to really showcase that for yourself as far as, you know, being that authentic person? Yeah, and I just have my notebook here next to me too, because I, I, you know, something that you've said about um, reminded me to tie it back to the regret piece mm -hmm. as far as like the permission side and like we're herd animals right we don't want to be kicked out of the group obviously but but people also have this enormous capacity for openness mm -hmm. um, compassion uh, tolerance right and so that the tying it back to the regret side 
is this aspect of, you know, the five regrets of the dying, that book can never remember the author's name, I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's coming to me. I can't remember either. I'll look it up and put it in the show notes for people as well as the Dan Perfect. One. Yeah. Yeah. And so this idea of like many, one of the top five regrets of the dying is not being more true to themselves, right? So the fear of being kicked out of the group is often stronger than the permission to be yourself. However, it does, it's not embracing the level of compassion, tolerance, acceptance that we're all capable of. Uh, now, and now of course I'm forgetting the question that you asked. <laughs> oh, just how authentic authenticity shows up for you. Like, you know, is this something that you've had to give in your, give yourself permission to, to really step into that? Or is that something that you just feel like you've always had and now you're just like kind of living it every day? Yeah, that's a great question. It, I'm like going back into childhood now, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, thinking about before we jumped on here, we were talking about how my family immigrated to the States from Germany when I was very young. And, you know, that has been a theme for me throughout my life of, you know, oftentimes it set me apart from other kids, not speaking English when I first went to school. Um, and also like being made fun of in different ways or, you know, being asked me and like not even really having a full understanding of that, <laughs> right? Like being really young. So, so I would say that part of me has, part of me has always had a deep connection to my own authenticity and also, you know, has felt that outsiderness as well. And so I think that there have been many cycles for me to recommit and re, um, re, <laughs> re-permissionize. I'm like, yeah. what is the word for that? Like give myself permission yeah. again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah permissible. Um, so yes, there have been multiple, you know, and like thinking back to times when it was like, when was I not being authentic? Mm-hmm. Which also connects to that regret piece. When was I not being true to myself? And then what can I learn from that? Love it. Hi, friends. It's Brenda here. I hope you're enjoying our podcast guest today on the Three Uniques podcast. I wanted to interrupt the interview for a couple seconds to let you know about Aligned AF. Aligned AF is my 12-month coaching experience for leaders and entrepreneurs up to big goals in their life, ready to step into their Three Uniques, and fully aligning their life to their purpose. Imagine yourself living an intentional, values-driven life that aligns all domains, professional, personal, health, wealth, and community impact. You're generating a six-figure and a multi-six-figure business within your first year. You're learning to love every failure and approaching new goals with possibility, energy, and love. You're unlocking your potential and overcoming your limiting beliefs in a short period of time. And you're shifting yourself from looking ahead to looking within to consider your choices, your values, and most of all, your purpose. You're identifying barriers, examining their origins, and recognizing and celebrating the range of unique skills and experiences you possess to propel you forward. You're building healthy relationships and routines, setting boundaries around the things, people, ideas that drain you without feeling guilty. If you're interested in learning more about Aligned AF, my 12-month coaching experience for leaders and entrepreneurs, check out 3uniques.com for more details on the Aligned AF coaching experience or other coaching experiences and working with me.
Take care, everyone. And now back to our guest. And your second unique. Ooh, the second unique, the vision and purpose. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. How does that, like, how is that your second unique? I chose this one because I'm a very big picture person, you know, like as far as playing to your strengths and me not being the cover letter resume person, (laughs) um, I have connections to help you with that, (laughs) uh, is that is because I am the big picture person, right? Like I'm not the detailed, super detail oriented person um, until it comes to something that I'm super excited about and like feeling the passion and purpose behind, right? And I help others uncover that for themselves. So for me, my mission in life is to inspire, Mm -hmm. to create that integrity for folks and then to help them really see it through, right? The accountability piece, what all coaches are so good at. Right, love it. And your third unique? The third one, I chose creativity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can't leave it out. <laughs> yeah. And so you mentioned that you've got, um, you know, a really high interest in art. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that and how that, you know, how that creativity weaves through all areas of your life. Yeah. So I chose the creativity piece finally, because to tie it back into authenticity, vision, and purpose, for me, the big picture thinking around all things. Like I often am like setting up big projects for myself and, you know, having this like bird's eye view of my own plans and of other people's plans is that real, like a personal side of my own fulfillment and purpose for being here is having creative expression in everything that I do. Right. So, and I believe that all humans are creative. Mm -hmm. You were created to create. People have an innate desire to build things, whatever that is. I love it. Um, Creativity is one of my uniques as well. But I didn't claim it until probably like in the last 10 years. Because I think I grew up thinking, okay, I wasn't really strong in art class in school or we had maybe a very conventional approach to art where it's just like, you know, uh, paint a picture of your dad or your mother or a flower. And I would just, you know, do my own expression of it, but it'd be like, oh, well, you didn't shape the petal the right way and this and that. And I know that you, you want to teach children how to draw. I think it would be very, uh, challenging. I think it maybe as a, if I was an art teacher, because I'm a little bit on the structured side and planful side. And so I'd probably want to make sure the petals were done <laughs> properly. But I think I just wrote myself off as being creative. Yet I've always been a builder. I've always been innovative. When people work with me, they're always like, wow, you're always looking for new ideas. You're always solving problems. And I'm like, the core skill in that or unique capability is being creative, right? I never kind of just sort of sit there and think there's no solution. Um, I've always got, it doesn't always have to be a 10 out of 10 solution, but I've got an idea about what to be like, what could be done about it. But I love what you said that all humans, you know, possess that ability to be creative. Um, but how are we, you know, like, what are the outlets that we're using, right? Who are the mentors, yeah. the coaches, the, you know, role models that can help draw that out of us if it's something that, you know, we just don't see naturally coming to us. Yeah. Um, And I love that you mentioned all of those things. I'm so, it brings me serious internal joy that you have claimed that for yourself. It reminds me of, I mean, first of all, like you tell someone you're, you do that you're an artist or whatever. (laughs) And 
I feel like the number one response to that is like, oh, I couldn't draw to save my life. <laughs> and I was like, I, that. I yeah, people say that <laughs> all the time. And they just associate creativity with like, you know, being like a Van Gogh painter or something. Right. Or right. And it's just like, well, there's so many different you know, components to be right. creative and artistic. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm like, I'm not like Darwin. I'm not like painting an illustrative encyclopedia. Right. <laughs> that is not my jam. Yeah. Right. Like I'm definitely in the abstract arts. Remember, like I said, I was not detail oriented right. <laughs> until I get obsessive about something, which does happen. But also that point you made about like, it's not always 10 out of 10, right? And this idea, I come across perfectionism with a lot of folks because this is sort of the killer of creativity, right? All creativity is, is the ability to freely brainstorm, right? Regardless of which industry or whatever you're tackling, right. it's to, to brainstorm without um, judgment, right? Mm -hmm. Because the reason people like Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Dar Darwin exist is because the quality comes out of quantity. So when you're going into a creative practice, wait, right? Like this is the 10,000 hours of work. 99% <laughs> of those hours are gonna suck. <laughs> it's the 1% at the top where it's like, oh, I put in my time and now I've done enough crap to produce something really amazing, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, quantity yeah. over quality. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I was actually listening to Brooke Castillo. She's a life coach. And yeah. um, I was listening to her podcast a few weeks ago and she's got one on recently. Um, it's May, 2022, in case anyone's listening to this. If you want to go back and check it out, it's called 100 Fails. Like you really never hone your craft until you've kind of failed at it 100 times or more. Um, right. You know, and you have to think about like all the inventions that are on the planet, vaccines, light bulbs, the wheel, like how many times did people fail at those things until we got it? I don't want to say perfect. I mean, there's still wheels out there and vaccines and light bulbs that don't necessarily operate the way we want them to. But at the same time, it's like things are invented, right? Out of failure most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is reminding me of a conversation I think I had yesterday and I'm going to totally butcher this. So, you know, apologies if anyone is offended, but there is like the, I think, believe it's like a Muslim practice where a lot of like Arabic you know like when in Morocco for example or in southern Spain where they've created all these like amazing yeah like the architectural yeah yes so and but the idea is that a principle that they operated on is like when to, when you're finishing something nothing is perfect like you you always leave like a slight imperfection because perfection is reserved for God and I just think that that is another beautiful principle for people who want to embrace their whatever sort of creativity they have inside of them, because it's like, it's not about being perfect. It's just about creating something because that's why you're here. <laughs> I love that. I love that. My grandma always used to do that when she, uh, she used to make cakes and she'd ice the cake. She'd always have like, I'd be like, oh, it looks so perfect the way you've iced it. And then she'd always just do like a little nick at the end, right? So just to, remind, just to remind ourselves that we don't have to be perfect maybe she heard about that um that passage or that proverb that's amazing yeah um, so for you I mean like I mean this is probably a practice that you talk about with your clients a lot as far as like being a regret coach or a career like in that career transition conversation what about habits like how do you like when you talk about your uniques how do they become like you know sort of habitual part of your regular routine is there anything that you do to kind of keep them top of mind so that yeah, you just don't lose sight of them that this is like who I am and 
and you know stay in that purpose stay in your authenticity stay in your creativity yes so this is such a great question because it reminds me what i told you about before this program that i have mm. that is currently annual but is going to be adapted to be ongoing um so three years ago i started the september challenge right think back to what was that like to 2020 <laughs> i was my first year leading the september challenge there's a whole history with this, but basically this is, it's like my one month a year where I run a habit challenge. That's sort of the, the main foundation of it. Mm -hmm. And that is always, but it's also a community-based thing where we're all very much, whoever joins is very much in touch with other folks who are working on something. Amazing. Um, so it's just a really great way for me to be reminded that you have to set the bar low and clear it to do anything when you, especially when you're getting started and to the ways that I support others in doing that and reminding myself that I also have to do it for myself. <laughs> um, I'm a really big like pen and paper nerd and I love writing things down. So most of my habit track tracking is actually done on paper. Um, but the September challenge is like a big reset for me each year of thinking about like, okay, what am I doing? How am I doing it? Is it authentic? Right. Is it fun enough to actually pursue? <laughs> um, and then another piece that we haven't talked about either, which the, the September challenge is really good at bringing to the forefront is actually like celebration. Mm -hmm. I think that people miss this step with habit creation a lot, which is in order to get something to stick, you have to create a feedback loop inside your brain and body that is like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it and feeling good about it. Right, and and it's okay to do something new as well. Like just keep reinforcing in your brain that this is okay as it's trying something new and different. Yeah, kids are such a good example of that. I feel like it's like watching your kid do something over and over and over again. You're like, wow, that is commitment. <laughs> Well, and, and it is like childlike in the sense of, um, you know, like when you are a child, you're taking on some pretty big transformational shifts physically, mentally, like cognitively, um, learn, learning how to walk, learning how to tie your shoelaces. Like we take those things for granted, but, um, you know, for people that have suffered some type of chronic illness or, um, you know, accident, injury, and then having to learn to walk again or, you know, speech therapy after having a stroke, it's hard because you have this memory and, you know, all these sort of like beliefs about yourself versus as a child, you don't have that yet. Like you're just starting to generate all of those things. So it's like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. And that goes back to that perfection thing. We just, somehow in adulthood, we think we should just be able to do these things hmm. but if you're really serious about making habitual change you really have to have go back to like that beginner's mind right aspect of things awesome yeah so laura if i was to give you a billboard and you could have anything on it and it could be anywhere in the world um what would you put on it and where would it be uh. <laughs> like you're going to die <laughs> <laughs> to go back to the regret, regret coach regret thing. Coach there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, don't forget you're going to die. <laughs> awesome. um, what would I put on it? Oh my gosh, that is, uh, of course, now I want to put like 20 things on it. So maybe we should just leave it well, with that. Yeah, you're the quote lady, so. <laughs> well, and maybe I'd put it on like a coastal highway along California, like, okay. you know, 
because that's just such a beautiful spot and it's just a good reminder drive safe (laughs) drive safe um but also yeah like no regrets right take every day as an opportunity to improve something in your life take on a different goal that you haven't done before give yourself permission well and also the opposite of no regrets like take inventory of your regrets and honor them like respect that part of you and realize like another great saying i love is I don't make the same mistake once or twice. I make it three or four times just to be sure. So, you know, like take that learning seriously. We all have regrets and they're a very important platform on which to learn the most important things about your life. Um, So, you know, if you're dying to get out to the California coast, like do it because it'll be worth it. (laughs) And also, you know, don't take things for granted. (laughs) Yeah. Take learn stock from of what you have now. You've got lots of great things going on yeah. and, and learn from those things as well. I love it. Laura, it's been great having you on the podcast today, learning about your three uniques, learning like you're the first regret coach that I've met. And I'm excited that we had an opportunity to hear about what you do and how you support your clients. And yeah, how can they find out about the September challenge that's going to be coming up? Oh, perfect. Um, definitely follow me on Instagram. That's where all like the latest updates happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be some rebranding around the September challenge. So at Laura Bulow or www.larabulow.com, you know, and I'll link to Instagram and Linktree through all of those channels as well. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll have that in the show notes, as I mentioned before. So that's great. Thanks again for being on today. And for everyone listening, um, I always say at the end of every podcast, there's 7.8 billion people on this planet. So get out there and share your three uniques. Thanks again, Lara. Yeah, thank you, Brenda. I just wanted to say I so appreciate your work and I really appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. Take care. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's guest on the Three Uniques podcast. Uh, As always, we really appreciate your time and your commitment to listening to our guests every week. And we'd love for you to be able to share this podcast with others and encourage other people to get out there and share their three uniques. So please take a few moments to like, share this podcast, leave a review and let us know what you think. And also let us know who you'd like to hear more from, uh, what type of guests you want us to bring on for future podcast interviews. Thanks so much. Remember, get out there and share your three uniques. There's seven and a half billion people on this planet and somebody needs what you've got. Take care, friends.